Alrighty, so this is a special edition Minority Spotlight. And today in the studio, we have Christopher James White. So Christopher James White is a poet, illustrator, and occasional filmmaker from Atlanta who's been traveling the world since he moved to Tokyo two years ago. He's the host of a podcast called Under the Influence, where he explores questions of life, love, hip-hop, and everything else in the universe. His photography and illustration can be found under his alter ego, Walt Kovacs, and you can follow him on Instagram at Walt.Kovacs. So, Christopher, you've got this podcast called Under the Influence. What influence are we under? <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, I, I, first of all, just love that you put an extra meaning to it because the only reason it's called yeah. under the influence is that we just get drunk when we're doing it. It's oh, not <laughs> It's not even right. uh, as deep as, as that. But yeah. it, but no, there's layers to it. That was intentional. That's why we that's why we called it that. Yeah. Um, so the idea was we were just trying to figure out our what we wanted to do, what our gimmick would be. Like there's this one um, podcast that Complex does where they just have people eat increasingly spicy chicken wings during the course of the interview. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's just a great idea. It's a completely arbitrary thing that they added. And it was great. So we we're just trying to find our thing. And we said, OK, let's let's. I don't know, let's get drunk and try and do it or try different drugs while we do each, you know, whatever, just experiment. Um, so so that's that's where that name came about, yeah. Awesome. Mm. And who's we? So when I first started it, it was me and two guys that I met at work doing this job where we sell people phones and shit. But it's my friend Ed and Sam, who are two native Australian dudes. Ed is, like, this very kind of nerdy guy, and Sam is this sort of, like... Uh, very quiet, introverted, like writer type. So it's a it's a fun little mix of people. Yeah, very nice. And you mentioned that you talk about a couple of films. So do you do a couple of reviews? Or yeah. Like, so we, if you listen to it from the beginning, you can see that we're like struggling to figure out what exactly we want to talk about. We're like changing as as we go along. So the first episode we're talking about like dating, and then the next episode we're talking about music, and then we figure okay, let's let's kind of focus on film because that's what the interest we all have. So we talked about like The Fly and then we watched uh what was it Life and Arrival and Get Out is going to be the, one of the next interviews Woo! because I yeah it's it's a, <laughs> it's a great fucking movie. I've been talking to people uh, cuz it's was released way later here in Australia than in the states. So my friends back home have been talking about it for a while and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I can't wait to see it. I don't it's And so I finally went out and saw it uh and No spoilers, please. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, this is no spoiler. White people are the are the bad guys in the movie, which is what it's like regular life. It's not even a fiction thing. <laughs> um, it was as good. It was as good as I as everyone said it would be, which is which is rare for a movie to, to be about as good as a type. Yeah, mm. and, and and I I learned this that this movie uh, Get Out is it broke a record, and no director has ever made as much money on their first film as this guy has. Really, the highest grossing debut film of of all time. Right. So I know he had to have gone home uh, to his white wife and was like, I know you're mad at me for making this movie, <laughs> but babe, I just broke a record. This is amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. Very Now very I'm nice. really intrigued. I'm not a big movie person, but <laughs> no. I watch the important things. So I'll probably check that one out. Yeah, yeah if, if, a really good job. Please. If you only see like one or two movies this year, I would say watch Get Out and see maybe, okay, three. If you're going to see three, watch Get Out. Arrival and Moonlight. Those mm. are probably the three best movies of the year. No, oh, I've heard uh, some people didn't really like Moonlight. Really? What, yeah, what, what like do some people say, say that it's uh, it moves too slow. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of movie. It's like it's an artsy drama kind of a it's It's an Oscar bait film, you know? So yeah. that's kind of what par for the course. Movies that win Best Picture are usually not action, explodey thrillers. They're oftentimes sort of very deliberately paced drama films. Mm. But it was it was it was great. If you like that kind of movie, if you don't, then you know uh, I don't know. Go see the, mo- the most recent Fast and Furious movie, which apparently was pretty, no, was, no, was please, no. <laughs> really? okay. I don't know. A- anyways, yeah. So bringing they have back very the- high ratings. <laughs> apparently, uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> bringing bringing the discussion back to you mentioned Moonlight and um, Get Out, and we're having a bit of a discussion before, and you mentioned that such works, recent works, have changed the politics of media and, you know, changed the rules that we've been used to. Could you expand on what you meant by that a bit more? Uh, uh, no, but just, mostly just because that's such a huge question. Like, I yeah. fuck, that's the nature of the whole podcast. Like every episode, we talk a little bit about that. Um, but if I were talking about, say, just Moonlight, Moonlight was pretty interesting because it was an all black black directed film that won best picture um and got best supporting actor and just took home a bunch of awards which hasn't happened in a while and tends not to happen you get you get black people winning oscars but usually for films that were directed by white people or about white people and that kind of thing or about slavery or yeah yeah, and and granted to be fair this movie still does hold some of the same tropes of blackness through the lens of like poverty or struggle but this is i mean it's a coming of age it's it's more about personal identity than the i guess environment but there's still yeah it, it would i wouldn't call it a crime drama and most black movies are there are either crime dramas uh slave narratives or like you know entertainment narratives so you're either poor and selling drugs or poor and making rap or not getting paid anything and you are owned by somebody that's usually the three kind of movies that get made and have any kind of success. So this was a little bit different than that. So I think the rules are changing a little bit in that. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, you've got stuff like Jordan, Jordan Peele's get out, uh, and Donald Glover's Atlanta, where you've got black stories being told and fronted and led and controlled by black folks, which is, yeah, that's a change. I mean, someone like, uh, or insecure chewing gum. There's just a ton, tons of black people getting financed, or financing themselves and then making great content. That hasn't happened as much in the past, yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting to see all of the stories being told. I think it's so important and also to have diversity in the stories that are being told so that we're not, you know, as black people represented as some monolithic group, you know? Mm -hmm. You mentioned Insecure, I love Insecure, Atlanta, also really well done, really smart. Like anything that Donald Glover does, basically, I'm like on board with it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to ride his dick too hard, but the guy's, <laughs> the guy's a fucking genius. I mean, like he's he's, do- he's doing amazing things. Yeah, even yeah. his music. Like back to back, amazing yeah. things. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, yeah, f- fuck it. I, if, if he said tomorrow he was going to be like an astronaut or start like the next uh, People be like, you know, elect- right. electricity company, I'd go, yeah, I, I believe you, dude. Yeah. You've, you haven't failed yet <laughs> at an endeavor. So we'll see. Great. So uh, something very exciting is happening in Melbourne in a couple of weeks. Um, the Africa Day celebration, the Pan-African Poets Cafe is putting on an event called Africa Speaks Back at AfroHub. And uh, word on the street is that you're going to be performing um, some spoken words. So can you tell us how you first got introduced into the spoken word scene? Uh, yeah, uh, a friend of mine named Eugene, we met in university and he... He was talking about like some girl troubles he was having or something like that, and I go, "Where'd you meet the girl?" And he goes, oh, "I go to this, I go to this little poetry thing that I do every Sunday." 
And I go, that's fucking stupid. That sounds that sounds super weak. And, <laughs> and I was like, that's probably why you're not why you're having girl troubles because you're doing poetry. And so, I, but then I was like, we hang, we hung out so often that he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to the poetry thing. I go, okay, I'll, I'll tag along. So I go to it and I watch these people get up on stage. And I've always been really interested in like really talented speakers. Um, I think the first time I really got interested in the way uh, voice can be used was seeing. Spike Lee's Malcolm X and when I watched that and just watched Denzel's interpretation of how this man spoke and then exploring how he spoke I was like oh you can use your words and make people like you can make the hairs on the back of people's neck stand up if you arrange the words just right mm-hmm. um, and that's the kind of thing that I felt at spoken word and then so I went for maybe like two three months and then I was like all right I know I made fun of this dude because shit mm-hmm. is kind of whack and, and 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 weird or weak or whatever but fuck it, I'm gonna make a poem and get up there and do it and I did and it felt great and then I just started doing them all the time and he was he was (laughs) he was mad at me because he was like dude you you were shitting all over me when i when you know when i was doing it and now you're doing it and doing it decently you know (laughs) that that was my that's quite an interesting story so is there something about spoken word in particular that you gravitate towards opposed to like maybe doing like rap or do you see them sort of like the same thing um Well, I've never been super musically talented, so rap never crossed my mind as something that I would would or like could do. Um, but I've always liked talking, and I've always thought that I was pretty good at expressing myself through words. Um, and I've always liked the performative aspects. I, I like the idea of interacting with the crowd, and it's it's probably some sort of deep seated narcissistic, you know, like control <laughs> megalomania type thing where I'm like, oh yes, all you all bow to me, listen to me speak. I have the microphone. Um, and so, yeah, that that appealed to me, the, the live performance aspect of it and the fact that I could still express through words and have people listen to me, even though I didn't have the talent to relate to music that way. You know, so usually the way that you would do that is music. You get up on stage and you can sing and people pay attention to you. But this was like, I don't I don't have that skill, but I can talk. And if I get up on stage and talk, then I can get people to to see me, to watch me. And I yeah. like that. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So uh, what can people expect to hear without giving too much away? Mm-hmm. No spoilers. Yeah. What, <laughs> what can we expect to hear when we come out on Sunday? Uh, just a bunch of sad Drake style emotionality. Um, <laughs> mo- no, it's mostly uh, when I first started out doing it, it was kind of political stuff and indignation because that seems to be sort of a popular theme in a lot of the spoken word scene and in most cities that I've gone to. You know, it's the same sort of you're talking about political issues, using it as a, as a, a soapbox to talk about politics. Uh, but I found that the stuff that I related most to or had the passion to write about was just my own personal mundane experiences. So that's that's what they'll expect me talking about, you know, love life, relationships with my family, relationships with friends, emotional, personal troubles, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That sounds very enticing. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, get on it, people. Everyone in Melbourne. So uh, Africa Speaks Back, brought to us by Pan-African Poets Cafe, will be happening on Sunday, the 28th of May at AfroHub. So come in, listen to Christopher, spoken word. There'll be other poets. There'll be music, food, Mm -hmm. food. alcohol, whatever. (laughs) Um, It'll be great. Yeah. See ya. Thanks, Christopher. Thanks for having me, guys. We always forget. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today's show. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Continue to send in your messages to sassyinrssos at gmail.com. 
Also make sure to hit the subscribe button in iTunes and please leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening and until next time, bye. bye.